You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you you maybe already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome back to the Magna Method Podcast. Magna Method family, we want to thank you for joining us on this journey. You have made this podcast a true success because your feedback and constant support have been priceless. Speaking of priceless, today's guest is about to drop some knowledge that can neither be bought nor read in a book. You have to hear it from the man himself. And more importantly, you have to experience it and live it in your own journey. Our guest today is Coach Juan Carlos Santana, or better known as Coach JC. Coach JC is CEO of the Institute of Human Performance in Boca Raton, Florida. And for those of you who aren't familiar with IHP, in the world of health and wellness, it is a fountain of knowledge, humility, and absolute positivity. This episode takes a deep dive into the human soul and how the human-to-human interaction is the key in any career field, especially fitness. And don't forget we're running a special with our good friends over at No Foods. They got waffles, pancakes, donuts, muffins, croutons, buns, you name it, they got it. And if they don't, I bet they're working on it right now. So head over to nofoods.com, that's K-N-O-W-Foods.com, and enter in Magna10, that's M-E-G-N-A-1-0, to get your 10% discount and have yourself a healthy guilt-free no foods party and now on to another great episode of the magna method podcast with coach jc santana coach santana welcome to the show thank you very much mark it's a pleasure to be here it's awesome to have you uh i've heard a lot about you from andy and andy speaks the world of you uh i don't know if you know that but you need to know that 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 young man uh says nothing but the most positive things about you and I think that's saying a lot when you have a young professional that holds you uh, in a high place and has a great deal of respect for you. So congratulations to that because I know he's not the only one. You actually have a team that you brought here today to Anatomy at 1220 in South Beach. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, your facility and then we'll go back to the start. Well, the Institute of Human Performance is uh, a dream come true. It's in Boca Raton, Florida, and it was uh, an empty lot. And uh, I asked one of my clients, I said, you know, what would happen if we would have a gym there? Wouldn't that be crazy? And so the guy says, that's not hard. And uh, he says, why don't you meet me in my office? And then I met him at his office and the general, biggest general contractor at that time in Boca uh, rented space uh, above the, his office. He goes, hey, Dutch, can you come down here a minute? I mean, it was just like that. Right. He goes, hey, we're looking at this empty lot, blah, blah. Oh, I have a friend who's already done a spec. Before you know it, I mean, to make a long story short, three of my clients and I built the place from scratch. That is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> so, it's got that. It's got soul. It's got spirit. One hundred percent. It's got its own spirit. That's cool. How long have you been at that, at that location? Seventeen years. Seventeen years. I actually went up there uh, when there was a guy named Paul Christopher working out of there. Yeah, PC. PC one yeah. of my boys. Yeah. Yeah, PC. Came from Lifetime, right. spent five years with us, mm-hmm. and then opened up uh, Gravity and Oxygen just, I would say, two miles down the street, mm-hmm. right down the street. Very cool. And uh, it's, it's very cool to see people come through your place 
at the right time in their lives. Right. Get what they need from your place. Of course. And then graduate on to do beautiful things yeah. and see their dreams come true and stuff like that. So, you know, a, a lot of people see that as, oh, people come in and use you. Like my mom. You know, oh. she's very protective. <laughs> okay. I've seen people come in and use you. I go, Mom, you don't understand. We are a utility. We are a utility for humanity. Nice. How can we do our job and then call it people being, you know, people using you? No. They're, they come in to IHP to get what they need from IHP. Sometimes it's Absolutely. counseling. Sometimes it's uh, professional education. Sometimes it's just... Um, a place to hang out in time in their life through a through a chapter in their life just to get them on to the next chapter right. whatever it is you welcome them coming in and you hug them leaving and say hey we're always here for you that's awesome and, and i don't think you know people from the outside looking in they may use the terms as your mom does at times like uh being used but you're in the service industry <laughs> you're, you're kind of got to serve how can I mean, you use a service right <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> Very well said. Well, I think you're supposed to use a service, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, so let, let's just go over the beginning because I, I know uh, obviously more about you than our listeners do. Coach, talk about your start, uh, you know, in, in fitness and coaching and why you chose this path. And I'm just going to uh, turn off this thing, but you can keep, I want to start, start. Please. All right, sure. Yeah, you know, I'll just give you the whole, the whole gamut. Uh, as a little boy, you're, you're, I was always amused by the human body. And my heroes were real, real, they weren't action heroes like Batman or something like that. They were uh, Tarzan, they were Samson. They were real life dudes that did stuff with their body. Right. And I always loved sports. I was a normal kid, little league, blah, blah. Okay, come to the United States, little league, blah, blah. And then, um, you know, you talked about bullying and I wasn't bullied. But I did have some bullies, you know, kind of demean me just maybe once or twice in my life. You know, it, nothing drastic. I didn't get beat up. I didn't get totally abused. But enough to know that I never wanted to feel that victim feeling ever, ever. I know it well. Again, I, I know you do from the yeah, comment that you made. Yeah, yeah. So I started taking up martial arts at 12. I took up uh, Kung Fu and it was just nothing but martial arts till I was 48, nonstop. And um, come to the United States, do all that stuff, get involved in the martial arts, you know, college, uh, high school, all that, all that good stuff. I always loved music. And uh, if I have a regret in my life, and boy, I don't have many, it would be that I'd never learned how to read and write music. So we, uh, we go into, uh, you know, study medicine, study engineering, that doesn't work out. And I go, you know what, let me, let me start music. So I got a band together with Casey's and the Sunshine Band's rhythm section. Are you serious? Yeah. That is brilliant. Myth. myth. And if you, I didn't know this, but my girlfriend looked us up on YouTube and we have, no. we have, I think one or two of our songs on YouTube. It's insane. Well, we are gonna. It's like, we, we might use that as the background music for this podcast. It's called Inaction. Look it up because I saw it. Okay. So, anyways, uh, we do the tour thing, and then um, I open up a bar, and of course we have so much fun. This is why you can't have money if you're young, if you're crazy, because I had the money, and what did I do? Drank it and parted it away. So I went bankrupt in 1992. Okay, and then went back to school, and then I said, all right. What was I doing 
when I was at my happiest. And it was always centered around some kind of activity, some kind of gym, some kind of thing. Right. You got to get back into that. I become, I, I get, go back, get my master's, start my PhD, blah, blah, start personal training. And the rest is history. Now we've got 17 books, 70 DVDs, 20, 30 years in the industry. And, you know, 32 countries. So we're doing. Oh, you're doing great. I knew exactly okay. who you were when I started in this industry. And you are absolutely. I know you still are today, but you were one of the names that people said, if you can learn from anyone, you should learn from uh coach santana and i thought that was really cool and then when andy said i could get a chance to speak to you man i was so excited so thank you for being I'm as a positive happy influence, now really. thank you very much i was i'm as happy now as i was then uh you know and i and look man i've been through everything bankruptcy divorce torn family the recession of 2008 that almost wiped us out right uh going into debt to survive that recession and putting everything on credit cards okay wow. I've done it all. I've, I've leveraged the house. I used up the equity in the house. All the sins of business, I've made them. I've made them all. Wow. Okay. And um, last year was a year of, of change for us on, on many levels: spiritual, emotional, psychological, physical, business-wise. And this year is a year of expansion. So I'm as excited now as I was when I first got into the industry, and still, you know, doing doing fitness and training but training looking at life and coaching like you're we're going to talk about a little bit and and the essence of coaching not personalities not cueing underneath that oh the yes. essence of coaching what is it that we're coaching what is it that we're, forget personalities what's the mechanism that you're trying to change what's the, what is it that governs all right how do you what do you call it how do you identify it how do you systemize its mechanism? And then how do you train the mechanisms? That's what I'm involved in now. That's why I'm so excited because it's, it's. And as we were talking before we, uh, I actually hit record. When you, when I look back personally and I look at where I started and what I knew then and what I know now, it's, I'm not even so sure as we, I think we came to an agreement on this, we, I don't even know if I know what to do with the information. You know, I kind of have to experience it. So what vast differences do you see in co in training, in coaching, in leading? And it's such a broad question, Coach, and we can dissect it till the cows come home and we're about to do that. But what differences do you see in you from when you started uh, coaching and training? Because I know it's so very different now. You, you know, I think it just comes with time and doing your best to to live a meaningful life in other words you know yes things happen and things are hard and and you know you cry and you laugh and you win and you lose but if it's just life then you don't learn anything mm -hmm. but to when i say try to live a meaningful life just ask yourself why is this happening mm -hmm. what is the lesson in this just that it's that simple right but that awareness changes everything because you start seeing things you never saw before right opens your eyes right oh i mean it it, it expands you mm -hmm. it that's that's what I, that's all that's the word that that best defines what's happening in 2018 it's an expansion nothing changes it's just your perspective of everything changes right when you start realizing that nothing is what you thought it was physiology is not what you thought it was vo2 
is not what you thought it was. Lactate thresholds, not what you thought it was. Motor firing, white fiber, red fibers, fast twitch. So none of that is what you thought it was. And when you say that, Coach, you, you mean like uh, the knowledge that you have now, I mean, it completely changes. When that, when that changes, you have more knowledge, it changes your approach completely, so it changes the whole package of things. Is that what you're saying? It, none of the stuff that you thought was important is even meaningful. Because, for example, you're taught in school about fast twitch and slow twitch. And so you think, because you know what a fast twitch muscle is and a slow twitch, which, by the way, has changed 50 million times now as to different fiber types. But we're, we're more, let's assume that we had the truth from day one, mm -hmm. okay? And then you try to create a training program based on fiber typing. You're paralyzed. You're paralyzed because you're going from micro to macro and you'll never get there. So if I say, look, you want to train power? Jump in a box. Whatever fibers right. are going to be. Because theoretically, I would like you to see if you could train yourself to jump on a box with only so slow twitch. Right. You can't. So forget about it. What's involved. Yeah, exactly. Right. What do we want? And so after doing that for many years and letting go of that dogma, understanding it, knowing it, reading it so you can discuss it, but understand the, in the practical, in the big scheme of things, the insignificance of it, if I may be so bold, with no disrespect to anybody. Right. When you start realizing that, you're going, God, man. Yeah. I spent so many years yeah. trying to figure out what to eat from vitamins and minerals and macronutrients when you should first eat the right stuff and then figure out why yeah. it makes you feel good. Yeah, I think ba I think baby steps. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's well said, Coach. You you know you're saying that. You know people want to focus on this crazy, amazing package and system, but you know what? The truth is, if you just don't put that Snickers bar in your mouth. That's a great start. If you stop eating donuts, maybe start there before you get in a world-class program. I don't think you need the world-class program. I just think you need to actually start eating and not starving yourself. Right. 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 And look, the, like you said, the baby steps could certainly be baby steps. But at the end of the day, what to do is fairly easy. If it's got a label, don't put it in your mouth. Ideally, not no, of right, course, right, not everybody can follow that. Right. So you need to take some people and start with the Snickers right. bar. How yeah. about if we just give up the Snickers bar and maybe substitute it for an apple? Do you think yeah. we can do that, John? Okay, if you need to be there, I got you. Right. No problems. Start them with a five-minute walk instead of running, you know, a marathon. Uh, your first, your first, um, your first week. <clears throat> Baby steps, progressions. I understand, but at the end of the day, is I'm looking, I'm looking at things now from more at the top. Number one, why are they eating the Snickers bar? It's smart. It's smart. What's the underlying reason? Like, why do they feel? It's almost, uh, Craig. You know, I obviously want to hear your thoughts on this, but if someone's treating themselves poorly, don't we have to know why they habitually treat themselves poorly before we, you say don't eat this? We already know why, because fundamentally is lack of self love. End of story. Boom. Drop the mic and go. Now. He's right. He's absolutely well. Very. Yeah, exactly. Now, there it is. You're right, right, right. Okay. Now, how that came about, what different things created that, what are the mechanisms that the person uses to compensate for that? They can either project, they can either act out, or they can either overcompensate. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so it's, there's it's nowhere kinda, else to go. There's nowhere else. So understanding that, then you understand that the window to the soul is not the eyes. In this modern society, it's the mouth. Interesting. Because everything that we put in our mouths is a chemical. That's right. Whether it's rice or whether it's heroin. That's right. You know the difference, but your intestines don't know the difference. Your cells don't know the difference. So if we understand that, what's the biggest issue that we have now? Opioids are just blasting. Oh, yeah. Okay. What does that tell you? Antidepressive drugs through the roof. Heroin making a huge comeback. Okay. Step back. What does that tell you about society? We're self-medicating. Self-medicating. Kind of covering up a lot of rough spots that we hope will go away, but they're going to still be there when we run out of medication. Yeah. So if food, specifically sugar, is one of the most powerful chemicals that we have that touch every single neurotransmitter in the brain, and it's free, and it's celebrated, and it's at every party, and you're encouraged to take it, oh yeah, how can we not be obese? This right. has nothing to do with nutrition. Nutrition is the outward manifestation of the same thing that's driving the opioid problem. You know, like you have this, all this gun violence and stuff. And everybody wants to legislate this, change that. Hey, I get it. I get none of it's going to make a difference. It's not going to make a difference. And it's, it's almost all orchestrated for us to fight against each other. Because the underlying problem with all of this, okay, with people, it's lack of self-love. The underlying problem with all this is a culture. How can the youth be the number one consumer of violence? Okay? And not be violent. How is that possible? Right. We got games. We got culture. We have art. Look the, at the look yeah, at the music they dance yeah, to, the, man. Exactly. You know, it's funny. Uh, I I spent uh, one of the NFL teams I, I played for. We had uh, there was two rooms to go in before games. There was the uh, Bible study, <laughs> and then there was chapel. And I would I, I would actually go in one one week and one the next week just because I appreciated the I guess the energy but the talk conversation and what they were focused around but anyway that's neither here nor there the point is one day one of my teammates Adrian he raised his hand he said am I a bad person because I like to listen to aggressive rap music before a football game he asked the uh, person leading the Bible study and it was interesting because the lyrics to those songs were incredibly violent he was a church-going, positive, unbelievable human being. And I remember the liaison was like a 12-year NFL vet. He said, why do you listen to the music? He said, it gets me hyped before games. So my point is, it took him to a place of like anger and violence because he needed it because his attention for that game was to be angry and violent. So... It's like if you know it does something to you and you continue to do it, why do you continue to go back to the well to drink that Kool-Aid? Well, at least he is utilizing. Harnessing it, right? Right. He's harnessing. He knows that this thing is making him violent. He has selected the specific times that he's going to listen to it for a specific purpose. Right. So for better or for worse, at least he is conscious of the usage of this stimulus. Right. But when you're consuming it, on it, you start at six, at seven, and you are consuming it, and you internalize it. Right. He used it, harnessed it, and then put it away. Yeah. These 
if, if you become it, right. you beca- just become numb to this kind right. of stuff. So that's that culture. Food's the same way. Food's the same way. So if you take food and equate it to violence and you start a kid up and they're advertising the stuff in the morning, they're advertising on Saturday morning and Sunday morning, pop tarts and this and that. And the, mommy, mommy, I want, I want, I want. Hey, what do you expect? The kid's going to be a diabetic, you know, by the time he's 12. And we're seeing it all over the place. How do we change that? I mean, I know it's, it's certainly not an easy answer, but what are your thoughts on that? How do you change? Do you, you have children, right? I have four. Four. How did you change that with them? Because I, I know you certainly tried or if, if already did. In order, and in, in coming from a communist country, being born in Cuba, I, I know a little bit about how, how people are manipulated because I saw my parents and I saw my neighbors and I kind of felt it a little bit. You, in order to stop acting like the masses, you have to take back individuality. And that is the number one central enemy of any government because you don't want to have to rule 360 million individuals. So this is how media is manipulated to try to get people into bundles of like sardines and then you get them busy fighting with each other and they're very easy to control. So the way, the only way that you can do it is you got to take back your culture and it starts individually and then hopefully it grows into mm-hmm. social, social pods. So the way that I can control it is, look, in my house, we're not going to have that. We just don't have it. We don't, don't even let it in. We don't, if it doesn't belong in your stomach, it doesn't belong in your kitchen. It's that simple. Now, you want ice cream? I'll get you in the car. We'll all go to 16 Handles. We have right. ice cream. We, we go to the movies, hot dogs, popcorn, one go. Okay, but how many times do we go to the movies? Right. You go to a hot dog it's game, an event. enjoy it's it. It's an event, yeah. right. But it doesn't become part of your culture. Interesting. Like this young man, violence wasn't part of his culture. He utilized it. Right. That was his popcorn. For at sure. At the movies. For sure. Hey, I'm at the movies, I have popcorn. And I have a, a Diet Coke. I don't have Diet Coke in the house. It's simple. And so once you start taking your culture back, they'll fight it. But what are they going to yeah. do? Go live somewhere else? Right. They're seven years old. They're 10 years old. They're not going to go anywhere. Right. right. They cannot be happy. But then again, daddy has to, and mommy has to say, look, what we want is the best for you. And see, this home has to be safe. This home has to stand for something. Right. Okay. You may not like it now, but one day you will appreciate it. And you gotta you gotta hold on to that for sure. Did you get a lot of pushback when you of were course, kids? Of course, of course you get you get pushback when you're a parent. Hey man, if you're not ready to be an asshole, don't be a parent. Really? No. Oh. I think I'm ready. I'm just kidding. You, by the time they're they're you're a hero until they're about eleven or twelve. Uh-oh. At thirteen, you don't know nothing. Really? They know everything. <laughs> and then it takes some kind of event, either either time, maybe twenty five to thirty. Gravity just pulls their heads right out of their butts because they don't even pull it out themselves gravity does it for them or an event jail an arrest a son a daughter right. a baby sometimes an event like that right boom right they go man how did you get so smart dad yeah ah. yeah it's interesting man. we always talk about family thanks grant he didn't hear me uh, it's one of my trainers. He's an awesome trainer. He's a very good person. But when they leave, I try to let them know that they do an amazing job because I don't think they hear it enough. But anyway, coach, 
how do you having kids like that did it prepare you for being the leader of your staff your team at ihp running your facility i know it's different how did you get ready for that because with me personally i wasn't you know i love to believe i'm a wonderful leader but i don't think i am i think i'm a work in progress i have a lot to learn i do the best i can and what i do is i try to do the things that i would respect be the leader that i would like to follow how do you do it because you didn't have the experience before you had a team at IHP, or did you? No. Okay. No. No, I, I mean, and that's something that I, I got to tell you. I'm unlearning everything that I thought was to be a leader. I don't even know. I don't even know really what we have to redefine leaders. Because it's not what we thought it was. It's not what we thought it was. Right. People want to be self-appointed leaders. Because you own a business doesn't mean you're a leader. Oh, yeah. There's a and lot of people. Because you're a boss yeah, yeah. doesn't mean you're a leader. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people in authority positions, but that doesn't make them a leader at all. No. There's a difference between a boss, a manager, and an actual leader. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And let me tell you, you could you could do your very best. Oh, yeah. And you have meetings, and you hug people, and you yeah. slap them in the ass when they need it, right. and you organize. If you want to know a leader, oh, yeah. throw off a grenade and see where the heads turn to. Oh, yeah. There's your leader. Yeah. It's not the guys with three up, three down. Oh, yeah. It's not the guy who holds the meeting. And it's not the guy who holds the rank. That's right. Oftentimes, it's not. Absolutely. It's who do people trust? Whose judgment they trust? And that judgment has to come from a place where there's no ulterior motives. No exchanging of services of value, right? Mm, yeah. Well, the value thing, I get it. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. The, you know, it's interesting. And and let me add to that. And, and do you agree or disagree? In good times and bad bad times, meaning, you may not like what I have to say, but, it may be best, and you need to process that, because I'm not always going to tell you things that you're going to like. Real it's, people appreciate that. I think and, so. And they'll say, you know what? He doesn't always tell me what I want to hear, and that's why I value his opinion. So that is a, yeah. that's a mark of somebody who's being honest with you. Yeah, how can I val how can you value someone who always tells you what the hell you want to hear? Yeah. It, it, but that that's some false stuff that most people pick up on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, you know, what so what's a leader? The, the, you know, I'm I'm redefining that because you we're always taught the clichés, lead by example. Right? Can't lead by example. You lead from the back. You have to orchestrate from the back. You can't, you can't, you can lead the charge, but you're not the leader. You can lead the charge, but you're the first one that's going to get the bullet. Oh, yeah. When things go well, it's everyone's, because of everyone else. When things go wrong, it's your fault. But the thing is that when things go well, it's not because the first guy that charged. It's because the guy who orchestrated that sees the big macro thing, maybe by the time you led the charge and won, he already sacrificed 20 lives on the flank. Right. That's what made the charge win because everybody had their attentions to the side. Oh, but nobody talks about that. Yeah. But that's a leader. The leader is the guy who's willing to take that on his shoulder. It's a lot of weight. <sighs> Man, <laughs> it becomes fairly easy to lead from the front. Yeah. That's the superficial lead. You know? Yeah, that's the superficial and so, lead. But I, I did it for many years. Yeah. You know? I'm going to work out, and I'm going to lift, and I'm going to pound this guy into the ground so he knows, lead by example, and boom, 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 boom. You know, now I have two artificial hips, no knees, 
And now I look at, well, Gandhi didn't do none of that. Martin right. Luther King didn't do none of that. Right. And all the great leaders of our history didn't do any of that. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me let me rethink this before yeah. I lose my knees altogether, you know? So Do you think we get do you think uh we get caught up in what like those uh strength, performance, bravado, macho, impression, those things uh become a filling for what we believe leadership is when leadership, as you said, could be orchestrated from the back, could be silent, it could be not loud, not aggressive, uh n- meaning you're not even paying attention to it. We fill a void of what we believe leadership is, and in turn, it's, as you said, none of those things, but it's a lot of the things that we don't pay attention to. Yeah, I'm starting to look at it to see if people force themselves into leadership to make up for something else. I've had the great fortune of training uh, the SEAL Team 6. Wow, that, seems, that sounds about right. You know, and uh, I, have a, I have a poem that I wrote with them in mind, and me in mind, and it starts with the warrior runs in the direction of battle to run from the coward in themselves. Okay, that's, that's the that's the first sentence, and everything else kind of. Don't we all do that? Like honestly, yes. in some way, shape, or form. Yes, everybody's running from something, from the little them, for from sure, the, from the thing they hate about themselves, their past, their experiences, what they're embarrassed of, the torture they went through, the abuse they took from someone else. The- yeah, and it may not be that sinister. It just may be something that, for whatever reasons they don't feel strong about or they don't like maybe a little uh, procrastinating characteristic that they hate mm-hmm. and so they'll either project act out or overcompensate they'll become ocd people and see i'm not a procrastinator bro you're still running from that yeah, yeah. it's like the alcoholic says i'm not an alcoholic anymore no wait a minute you're still an alcoholic as a matter of fact alcohol is still running your life it's still telling you what you will not do because you constantly talk about it you're obsessed about it or you or you avoid it yeah. How can you be in control of something you have to avoid? Yeah. You're not in control. Right. Right. It's controlling you for sure. My 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 um my cousin, my late cousin, recovering alcoholic for 30, almost 40 years. It got to the point where he had alcohol in his house. In his house. Because he says, I will never buy, I will never beat alcohol unless it could be around me, be able to serve it to my guests, and not touch it. Wow. But you still can't touch it. Right. So he's trying to. He was trying to right. get, get close, get, get as get, close as he could, could to, to, to own it and to be okay <laughs> with it. And it was still owning the situation. Exactly. So everything else is like that. So you see, the, the, these guys that uh, that that do an enormous amount of harm to their body to prove that they are getting after it, getting after it, getting after it, doing this. Da da da. I'm going. You're still running. You're still running from that little boy that you're trying to overcompensate for oh that's me personally that's honestly that's me personally i was a very obese fat out of shape kid and when i look in the mirror i very much still see that out of shape kid and people say why do you train so hard i'm like because i don't want to be that kid anymore i'm running from that i run from that every day so how do you change that trust me (laughs) does anyone know how to change that they'd be retired and rich i guess no no there's there's a way to to do that and and I've had coaching on that and I haven't mastered it but at least mm-hmm. I understand the mechanism is that NLP no no okay, just I'm just, just I, I just use I've, I've had the the uh, experience of having different spiritual coaches for lack of or therapists for 
for normal name, right? And from each one, I've learned different things, you know, but it's, it's the little you. And it's never going to go away. Understand it. Because how are you going to undo your life? Right. So that little you is there. Right. Not accepting that little you is the problem. So people try to crush it. People try to put it under uh, under the blanket, under the rug, uh, build a body, run the marathon, run the 100 miles 20 times. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, man. hey, guess what? It's still there. Stop talking about me. <laughs> so what I've learned was to understand and have it ha- have its fits which are the feelings the 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 jealousy maybe with a partner or the insecurity whatever understand that that's here he is here he is you know probably just little baby you know just crying so you're not going to beat it up right but but it's what we do so look see it and you got to see the, the the fit that it's pitching like like a, a parade you're sitting on the sidewalk and here comes this float and it's the holy shit i want to kill that person parade then the next one is what why did he talk to me like that who does he think i am do you know who i am parade then it's like i bet you she's gonna go out and talk to somebody you know that parade and all those parades you don't go and jump on each float Mm -hmm. and you gotta go okay here it is god like not in my stomach some people feel it in their heads identify it here it is this is just it's just the feeling. It's right. just him crying, chill. That's not even real. Fear, as you know, uh, false evidence appearing real, right? And you get better. Do you think we kind of callous ourselves to understanding the theme? I think that a good friend of mine taught me this many years ago. He said, "You will. You can never, ever, ever get rid of emotion." But you have to learn and figure out a way to not let your emotions override your good judgment. What do you think? I think that's a good mechanical way to look at it. That's an accurate mechanical because way. The emotions are going to be there. You can't you can't go without them. You just can't like are you going to let because you can't control them, but they're going to come enter your spirit. They're going to enter your mind and how you lack of a better term, process them or let them override your good judgment or not is up to you. You have to just learn how to not let them overtake you, I guess. But you learn it through through the through learning, through learning and understanding that emotions are no different than the taste of chocolate. That's what they don't even exist. You create them. Okay, so you go, all right, so where did where does pain or oh, I'm at a level eight. Okay. Where did level eight come from? How come your level eight and his level eight are not the same level eight? Right, because it's your it's your stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, where did that come from? How come you at at, at rep eight you're like this? Wait a minute. And this is our biggest cue at IHP is relax your face. Relax your face is the equivalent to get in the now. But we don't want to go crazy into the Hector Tolle thing, right? Right, right. So we give them just the same. The past casts a shadow on the present to ensure the future will not change. Wow. Okay. Your past emotions are your program because you got beat up because you didn't win the, uh, the, the Super Bowl because you didn't win the you didn't get called to the team because she dropped you because she cheated on you, whatever. OK, it's gone. Why? Why do you still have it? It's gone. It doesn't exist. Why do you still create it? Why do you still bother? Why does it bother you at, at rep number eight? Why do you do this? Why do you think it is? I get a thought. 
because they don't even know what it is. They don't even know they're doing it. Most they're not. Of the time. I think they're not. Sh- I think they're. Well, with with the face, uh, with the reps, of course, you're absolutely right. I use that as well. I say just. I say I like everything you're doing when someone's doing exercise, but you don't have to make that face. And they go, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "That face you're making. Like, why are you making that? Did I tell you to make that face?" And they say, "No." They're like, "Oh, relax my face." I'm like, "Yeah. I mean, you don't need to pinch Chill. your face and scowl." But I say, like, I think they're still those. They're still dealing with those experiences of the past, uh, yeah. coach, because. They're not sure how to process them, what to make, well, not process them, but not what to make of them. I don't know how I feel about that. That's why they're still hanging out in the past, dealing with all those things, exactly. right? Exactly. So you, you can take that next set and it could be a, a, a moment for a lesson. So this is the way we go. All right. And it's not even about life because mm-hmm. I know that, that that face, that face they're doing in their relationship, that face they're doing in their work, that face they're doing with their kid. So wow. I'm, I'm going, all right, let's. We don't talk about life. We go, okay, look, you know you got 12 in you, right? You got 12 in you. Okay, this next set, I want you to stay with me, all right? At number eight, it's going to be knocking on your door. That's your past. That's your your program. And when it gets here, I'm going to start struggling. You define that. It doesn't exist. It's a false perception. It's fear. False evidence appearing real. This next set is about at eight... I, ne- I want you to neutralize it. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And you stay with me every rep, and we're going to get to 12. Chill. Got it? I go, this next set is the training session. The entire training session is this next set. This is where you're going to peel off a layer. And this layer is going to be peeled off in the UFC octagon, the way you treat your wife, the way you father. But it's this next set. Got it? Okay, so he starts, boom, boom, boom. And I go, seven. Here it is. Chill, look at me, look at me, breathe, breathe, 10, 11, 12, and it never fails. That set is much easier. Put the stuff down, time for coaching. Okay, what did we learn here? You made it all up, didn't exist, didn't. And not only that, when you stayed here and you didn't put a value on it, hard, difficult, ooh, I love it. No, because if you love, then you love pain. Then you gotta hate something else. Oh yeah. No, 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 we neutralize it. We're not loving it, we're not hating it, just is. This is called effort. It's not good, it's not bad, it's effort. Right. Okay, boom, we go again. And that's the way they break all the rules and that's the way I train my UFC fighters to push push the gas on, you know, on mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. and just, it's here. It's not here so they don't know what you're feeling. No, no, it's here because I'm gonna be in every moment, in every rep, everything's gonna be deliberate and so, you know, right, right. we're gonna be about power, not force. This thing's gonna flow. Right. And then you go, you see this? This is the call you didn't make. This is the apology you didn't give. Mm-hmm. This is the caress you didn't you didn't give. This is that homework you didn't do. Right. It's all kind of like bunched up and boggled up, and it's coming out in weird ways, right? And they- I use one rep. <laughs> To, to teach that simple thing. Right. And then you can expand on that. And training all of a sudden becomes something else. Right. Something else. So how much of your session is um, like that coaching and that skill set? I mean, it takes years, even decades to acquire tons of life experience. How much of your session is, do you still do one-on-one sessions? Mm-hmm. You do? How yes. many sessions do you do a day, roughly, or a week? Two or three a day. Two or three a day? Yeah, I, t- I take special cases that that I believe can 
allow me to step into an area that I don't know. For example, right now I'm training a guy who wants to turn pro at 49. He'll turn pro next Thursday. As a UFC fighter? No, as a PGA golfer. Even worse. Wow. Because any tough, rough dude can try to do UFC. Golf? It's a different animal. I don't like golf. I don't play golf. I don't watch golf. I can't play golf. I can't watch it either. No offense. And, And he understands that. He goes, how do you know so much about golf when you've never played golf? I said, because I know about force production and right. I know how to cross the body. I know how exactly. to dot the die, you know, right. cross, uh, connect the dots. I said, but it's more about you. I said, you're, you're thinking like a football player and you're thinking like a, like a boxer, chin down, shoulders up. You're in the pocket. Right. Golf is the opposite. So everything, everybody wants to give you power and everybody wants to give you flexibility. They don't even know what they're giving you. Mm-hmm. What we got to give your body is permission to go chin up, chest out. Right. And you've been conditioned for 30 years to go the other way. Once we give the body permission through certain movements and rehearse it and for the body go, ah, there it is. When that happens, you're gonna blow up. So he's now within two miles per hour of Tiger Woods' best swing. Cause he trains with the same coach that trains. Wow. Uh, wow. Tiger. Tiger. Up in the same place, up in Jupiter, or whatever that place that's called. 49 years old. 49. He's wow. going to go pro next week. That's awesome. That's very cool. So that's insane. I mean, we, we've, we've been working for five weeks. The coach said, you're never going to get faster. And the coach says, what are you doing? He goes, I can't even begin to tell you. Wow. So that's, that's something exciting in my life because it's about the coaching. It's not about the exercises. Yeah, the exercises. You know, I got some cool stuff going on but it's how it's used and how you coach it. For example, he was going to show me a position in, in golf. Right. And he says, you, you know, let me get my girlfriend to show you because I'm, he goes, I'm too tight. I'm too tight here and I can't show you. I'm going, you want to swing a golf club at the pro level. And in your mind, your picture is, let me show you with my girlfriend because she's flexible and I'm not. How, how, how are yeah. you going to play? Yeah. Do I need any more information? Right. Right. So from then on, every exercise having to do with the backswing, follow through and stretching out the, the, the related areas, thoracic spine, all that, all that mechanical stuff was, I want you to get in the position you had your girlfriend in and give yourself the permission to get there. And when you get there, which you will, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're not dead. Right. When you get there, I want you to go. Hmm, this is the new normal. Wow, I can get there. Wow, this is awesome. This is great. I want you to enjoy the position, own the position, because when you own it, you give your body permission to be there right. and repeat going there. In that in that instant, that same day, he called me. He goes, I just broke my record of speed on the swing. Wow. And is it's funny how... I don't know if it, it, it's a talk, it's a, uh, when you're delivering information to your coaching, sometimes I find the right example, uh, analogy, delivery can get you a result that a movement can't get you. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. yeah. How does somebody, how does, how does somebody or many people quit smoking? It's just a, an epiphany. Pap, right. It's done. Right. How does that happen? And they can never quit. They can never go cold turkey. They can't get off. They're chewing the gum. They're doing all these things. And all of a sudden, one thing happens and they stop. Why? Bang. 
there it is. And that is what I'm trying to work on. What is that switch? And it's the human will. I've, I have a name for it. Don't know if it's accurate, but it's the human will. What you're willing to do. Real simple. I'm a very literal oh, I like word. That. I like that. What are you willing to do to get it? What are you right. willing to do? I mean, it's literal. What are you willing to do? Means, what do you give your body permission to do? What do you have the ability so your will can get you there? Mm -hmm. What are you willing to do? I, I always think of the first guy who ran the marathon. He didn't train for no marathon. He was giving notice of the war. It's so interesting you say that. Uh, the marathon, I know you're, you were going a different area with it, but I was talking to one of my clients this morning. His uh, niece ran like a 447 mile came in like first or second place or something and i said a 447 miles she's in middle school can you imagine that i mean that's fast for a that's, middle school that's, girl that's insane right so remember rogers banister the four minute mile mm -hmm. now we know how many people are breaking their record at the high school level so it's you know i think more than ever i don't like to question people's goals or dreams but i think right now I, I, not, I don't even need, I'm not talking about coach, I'm not talking about fitness, I'm not talking about wellness, I'm not talking about training, I'm talking about in life. When I hear these people have goals, I think, that's great. What are you willing to do to get it? Yeah. Because it's not like it's un, unachievable. You can certainly have it, but you might not like the road you're going to have to take to get it. And most people don't want to take that road because it's hard. And sometimes they don't know what's involved. They're, they're willing to put in the work, but maybe, for example, you don't have the morphology for it. You don't have gen the genetic makeups. You're uh, prone to stress fractures. You're prone to immunological dysfunctions where you catch colds and, and right. you may not have that. Okay, you want to you wanna run it and end up in the hospital? I'm not here to question your motives, okay? What I'm here to do is have you look at it that way. It's why do you want the marathon if you know that it's going to hurt you? Let, assuming that it will. Right, right, right. Well, it's, it's going to be painful in the path, right? If it's just pain and it goes away, like delayed on muscle soreness and it goes away, no problem. Right. You know, but when you when you run miles and miles and miles and you're peeing blood yeah, exactly. and you do it over and over and over again, bro, I got to question that. I'm sorry. I'm not going to I'm not going to follow that. That's not inspirational to me. That's not motivational for me. No, no, that's you no, know, no, that's that's like self-inflicted harm. I mean, if I told you, hey, Mark, you know, I, you know what? I, I've got this meditation thing that I do where I can control pain 100 percent. And guess what? I can control uh, blood flow here. Let me show you. And I cut off a finger. I go, look, and then and I go invite me to the party. I'm going to cut off another one to show everybody. What would you think of me? I mean, you can be impressed with the fact that I have the skill to you know, control blood flow and control pain to that level. But I'm not a leader. You're yeah. not going to follow me. You're not inspired by that. You're not motivated by that. No. So right. same type of thing. Are you familiar with this guy, David Goggins? Right. And I'm bringing this up because this is all over the uh, YouTube circuits. And I, of course, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast and I've known, I don't know him at all, but I, I've known, uh, I actually do know uh, Jesse Itzler, the guy that he trained in the book, Living with a Seal. And um, you heard the whole story, right? I heard the entire podcast. Right. <laughs> and I had a meeting with my staff about it. And I said, not please, with, please notwithstanding the personal respect that I have for every man. Oh, of course. And notwithstanding the appreciation for what the human body can take and what he has shown that the human body can take. 
It's incredible. No problems. Oof. No problems. I, I, I'm, I'm about that 100%. Right. I said, and I'm not telling anybody how to be motivated and how not to be motivated. I said, but we have to, when we, when we look at being inspired and motivated, just question this. Are you inspired by the acquisition of skill and resources? Or are you inspired by the transcendence of an individual? Right. right. I said, that, right. That, that's all I'm asking you? Right. I'm not saying yes, no, good or bad. Right. I'm just saying with all due respects to everybody. If you acquire money, I can respect your skill set in business. But if you are not doing the right thing with the money mm-hmm. and the right thing with your humanity, then I can respect your acquisition of money, but it, you're not inspiring to me. You're not motivating to me. And I'm certainly not following you anywhere. Case in point, uh, Mayweather, who will, on the numbers, he is the Jerry Rice of boxing. Oh, yeah. Hands down, he's going to be hard to beat in terms of money, oh, yeah. in terms of skill, in terms of 12 championships, 50 and 0, the whole bit. He's a business. He's, a, he's the top performer who also wanted to be a businessman. And, right? and cool. He is a businessman, right? But he doesn't want that. That's his front. What he wants is immortality. What he wants is respect to be considered the greatest. And he will never be considered the greatest. Muhammad Ali and, and people like right, him right. will. Why? If you look at the record and you look at the money, Mayweather outdoes Muhammad Ali by a long, long, long shot. For sure. But people like Muhammad Ali transcended what they did. It's right. not what you do, man. That's it's so great. It's who you are. It's who you are. They're two different things. This is so powerful. I, two you different know, things. I'm so happy you said that, Coach. I hear it all the time. People say, oh, man, I, I, I want to be like that, and I'm going to be like that, and you know, I can do that. I can write programs, and I can be the I always say, dude, if you think that that shit matters, you are missing a giant piece of it. All these people in their, respect, their respective uh, fields, I don't care if you're a trainer, if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, it's the way in which they do it. And it, it's not about bullshitting someone. It's not about a circus act. It's not about uh, just personality. It's the whole aura and energy, their delivery, their consistency, and their longevity. Everything compiled and packaged where they do it like no one else, period. Do you agree with that? 100%. Because, but what does that mean? What does that, everything you said is correct. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it tell us? You transcend you're not it's not about the personal training skill in terms of your biomechanics know-how and your physiology know-how it has nothing to do with that it has nothing to do with programs it has to do with what did you do outside of your chosen skill set what right. did you do outside of the money that you acquired right. everything you acquire is cool what did you do outside of how did this manifest itself into the human realm for sure Oh, you're just trained athletes? Okay, cool. And? You know, did you leave this world a little better, better than you found it? Did you do that? And how did you do that? Outside of your sphere of, you know, of of occupation. For sure. Man, Muhammad Ali gave up everything for a belief. Whether you you agree with him or not is irrelevant. Right. But what he believed in, man. He says, I will give it all up because I don't sell out. My spirit, I don't sell that out for nobody. 
came back and got it all back. Come on, bro. I remember. That's the greatest. People like that are the greatest. Right. When you do shit by the numbers and you just acquire homes on the ocean and, and belts, then you're a great boxer. Then you're a great UFC guy. Yeah. If you, you know, I try to think if you're just doing it to say like you're the best and you, to get the credit, I always think at the end of the day, at the end of your lifespan, you're laying in that hospital bed, you had the plane, you had the car, you acquired all those compliments and credit. Is that going to keep you warm? I'll tell you what, if you die alone with all, they're, they're not going to let any house into the hospital or into your funeral, and they're not going to let any of your planes in, okay? That's right. The question is, you have five people there, or you have the, the people you, you gave money to there, or did you die with just a Kia, <laughs> you know, in a normal right. tutu, right? right? And the place was slammed by people who are going to miss you, right. you know? Uh, Stephen Covey said something. I, I love Stephen Covey because he's Huge just fan. He's just Se- a, a seven habits, right? Yeah, pragmatic, good guy. He's not one of these cheerleading dudes, no, you know. He's smart. So he said, "You have to live your eulogy according to how you want four people to think: someone from your family, a neighbor, a colleague, somebody from the community. How cool is that? How simple is that? So smart, how so brilliant. Because sim- it's really not that hard." You it's know? not that because I'm not I'm not really a smart guy, so I need stuff like right. in sections of twos, threes, and fours at at tops. You and me both, you know. So when you're when you're coaching, okay, I, I want to get this guy to golf, but it's not about golf, man. It's about can we can we change who he is? Can we give him a new beginning? Can we give him a new higher him? You know? Do you think it's like? Do you think coaches like give that? If we can get them to change not just change their i'm not trying to change their opinion just change the way they look at the world i'm going to get some sort of progress 100 it's changed it's a simple what i what i want to do is get words to these things that you and i are trying to communicate that's very difficult it's hard to find words change awareness or change your conscience that's it okay, but do you think that's a, a level of coaching that most people listen it's i'm not saying it I know hundreds of wonderful coaches and trainers, and there's a lot out there, but I feel like this is like a higher level of coaching, of of being, really, of being. That most people, you know, they're like, dude, you're telling me to do four sets of 10 of a bench? I mean, I'm, I think, like, I feel like that's stealing. If I just tell you what to do, like, hey, we're gonna do push pull today, like, I'm, I feel like I'm stealing from that person. Because there's so much more. I mean that. I do. But you know what? Give them the four sets of push-pull. That, right. that puts it on right. paper. It's easy. Right. We can chart. You can share with your trainers and all that. Right. And that can guide the mechanical process. But it's when he flinches at, at rep number three, when he flinches at number nine, uh, if he had a glitch on 12 because he lost concentration. And you noticed it. And you banged it. Yeah. yeah you go, okay, boom, great job. Everything starts with great job. Now. Did you notice this, this, this? Okay, where did that come from? Okay, that came from from this mechanics, from these mechanics of the psyche of, of your spirit. Okay, now this next one, we need it solid because you have to stay in that frequency. You came right. off the frequency. If you come off the frequency when you're dealing a billion dollar business deal, it's gonna cost you. Right. It's a yes when it should have been a no. It's a let me think about it. 
you know, when you should have been a yes. If you flinch, okay, when your wife is crying for some reason, instead of having staying in the moment and just boom and just embracing that moment and it's it, the right thing will happen, but you flinched because you lost concentration mm -hmm. and you thought about work or you mm -hmm. thought about kid or you you got pissed off at the neighbor and, and that came out. Right, it's gonna come out there. Right. So the next set is about stay in the moment. Don't judge it because everything comes from judgment. Don't judge it. It's four times ten. You got the ten in the bag, baby. Mm -hmm. Now I need the ten to be right here at this frequency. No interruptions. Okay. You stay in the now, right here. I don't. I don't care if your chest is on fire. If your triceps are locked out, I don't care. No, we say. I mean, no, we. I shouldn't say that. I say. Um, I received some training um, from someone in Montreal. And whenever I wasn't paying attention to the person in front of me, so in this situation, obviously, it's the trainer, strength coach, and the client, but do you think that that's easy? Do you think most trainers or, yeah, you let's say trainers, would, would have a difficult time coaching that moment because they're so stuck in their head? Or conversely, the client wouldn't be ready to understand or receive that message or that coaching cue because they're so in their head and they can't detach from their self-judgments to be all into the set and completely be present in that moment in that moment only Does that makes sense yes i you know what i think most most co uh, coaches can learn this now can they learn it to the to the level that i have it and can i learn it to the level that are, are those that are much more advanced than right. i time time because we're all where we're where we're at you yeah, know it's all time okay but just like it was taught to me by different people i'm thinking well what if we can get all of this and create a book create a system where we can have a word maybe it's not the perfect word but let's call it awareness okay it's a very generic word we don't say spirit we don't say god so people don't freak out that it comes under the radar we can talk about it and we just we just start systemizing it and and over time it develops once you get the, the trainers to the awareness of man it's just not 10 reps there's a lot of stuff in these 10 reps and these are the maybe the the two or three or four most common things break a focus that i'm going to see and these might be possible teaching cues as to how i can address them do you know how far you can push this personal training oh my god <laughs> dude we're, we're already the best profession on the planet there's nobody hour by hour contact hours that changes lives more than personal trainers on this planet show me another profession and i'll give i'll bow down because i'm not ego tripping on that right no it's i hear you and, it, and they i think you know people may listening may say hey what about life coaches well a life coach may be in it for two three four hours of one person if you see to have 12 sessions a day you just touch 12 lives and not only did you touch those 12 lives but you touch their families as well and you touch their friends so that message spreads like a ripple effect in the water but 12 sessions is 12 people but you got to look at how many life coaches on the planet and how many personal trainers. Right. So I'm looking right. at hours That's of contact. Point. That's a good point. I'm just looking at hours of contact. Wow. Okay. You can have a profession better than us, but if you only have three people in the world touching 20, they're not making a huge right. impact. But we are touching how many people per hour per day? It's, it's uncanny. I can't even imagine. And you're number. right. We just don't impact that person. We impact that, that that circle. So if we can up the just up the ante a little bit, maybe start a discussion mm -hmm. on awareness, 
beyond the reps, anything like that. Right. And that starts talking, you know, that starts talking to, to the matrix. Man, what happens in five years, bro? We're, bro we're blowing people out of the water. Mm-hmm. We now can have a huge impact on taking back the culture. Because you can't think like that and consume violence. Yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can't you can't talk like that and beat up a woman. You can't talk like that and be a prostitute. You can't talk you can't live that and and go off the deep end because it's not consistent. So we I agree coach. Um we're talking so we're we're getting heavy on the psychology of our clients and working with them and dealing directly with the psyche. Do you think that I brought this up on the last show, and I think it's actually a wonderful question for based on our conversation. I used to work with a strength coach, and I said, you know, this person's having a difficult time. I think we may need to try to, you know, work with this person and see what's bugging him and to try to get, you know, into his head a little bit. And the coach said, I'm not a psychologist. You don't have to be. I don't think you... I'm not claiming by any means that trainers are psychologists. I would never ever say that but you'd be a fool to not understand that you kind you have to get into their mind and understand what makes them tick and how things affect them no 100 you 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 have to be a human you don't have to be a psychologist right hey i asked the psychologist uh would you have to be a personal trainer to say hey bro you know what uh maybe maybe a little bit of walking you know better diet right, right you know it's gonna do you wonders right hey look you know just you can start with push-ups and bodyweight squats you don't have to be a personal trainer. I wouldn't get insulted if you give those recommendations. Right. Hell, I wouldn't even get insulted if, if you take something out of men's health and help one of your people get going and then say, hey, I think you're you're off and running. Why don't you get a little bit of more professional help to zero in on right. what you want? Right. He's just being human. Right. But what resources are available? So because that's another thing, because we know about nutrition, we can't give nutritional advice because the uh, registered dietitian and the American Dietetic Association have those silly ass uh, laws that they can't enforce anyways. Right. It's, a, it's a farce. But um, no, you and I are in a perfect position to talk about nutritional education, nutritional lifestyle, etc. We're in a perfect position. We're educated. We know the stuff. It's part of our curriculum, etc. So we should be able to talk to somebody and say, relax to this rep about the past, how that impacts the now how that sabotages the future if you don't have that in check. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be Freud. Right. Understood. So, no. So, deep stuff. I hope everyone, uh, you know, appreciates the the deep dive that we take in, we've taken into personal training in the mind. But, you know, if you think about it, how often do you get people that come in, you hire people, people on your team, that I use the term, it is uh, not the best term, but people who get it or understand how to get someone from A to B working with them uh, with, through their mind. Do you get people like that who walk in the door? I mean, does it happen often? Does it not happen often? Do you have to spend time with them to develop them? How does it work? You mean trainers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the, the trainers that come into IHP, they're... Uh their, their jaws usually drop because, <laughs> really? you know, I mean, you're an experienced cat, man. you got a couple of years under you. You've been around the world. You've been around professional athletics. So, so you're seasoned and, and your head turns. So imagine a 22, 23-year-old that comes in and shadows me 
through one of these sessions and all of a sudden gets we get a guy to go perpendicular on the backswing and his back is perpendicular and two weeks ago the guy couldn't even swing and he's like and he's here's the coaching right but that's part of mentoring yeah they're in disney world dude they're, they're like i don't even know what i just saw and they sit with me and they talk and you see them trying to process it and they can't and i know they're not going to be yeah. able to process it but you know what now it's in the queue now it's in the right, queue right right now, that merry-go-round starts right. turning and turning and turning and they'll get it they'll get it yeah and that's that's a product of of course many years of experience education knowledge uh experience working with other people and it all comes to a head where you take all those little pieces of information and i know this is the best thing to do to get that person from a to b or get them the end result in this moment and if you were to stop to explain it to teach it I think you couldn't do it in a day or a few days. I mean, it's just so much information that yeah. you, you figured it out because you, when you see things, it's triggering things in your mind and you're implementing them with that person. And then it's just taking you to a place where if someone's watching you, they're like, why would he do that? Uh, I don't understand that or it's wrong or that's incorrect. It's like you're, you're, hi is, you're hypersensitive is, to seeing things, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is why I tell you right now I'm in flux. And I don't know much right now because I, I'm, I see a lot at the same time, so I don't have it in a queue. I don't have it in table of contents right. order, and that is what right now we're starting. Like my new book has a little bit of it. Now I've got presentations with a little bit of it, so mm. I'm starting to put it in order. What comes first? What do we call that? Got to get a name for it. Mm. Okay, what drives that? I don't want fifty million things. It's got to be three or four things. Okay. Those things that it drives, what comes first? Or is there no order? Okay, each one of those things, how do you train it? How, do, how does it manifest itself in the gym or in life? Mm. You know, and every, every thing that happens in the gym, you have to have a parallel to life. Oh, yes. So if you say you flinched right now, that is the glitch that you feel in your follow through, but the glitch happens here. That's the physical manifestation of the inhibitory mechanism of I'm not flexible that occurs here. Mm. So the problem occurs here, but you see it here. Right. So those types of things, you know, there, there are certain things that are not going to be in the book. And there are certain things that are, you know, that, that stuff that you're picking up right. Right. At, at 59 years of age yesterday, you're not, that's a seminar material. That's not just yeah. not book material, you know? And it's, in, it's an impossibility to cover it in a book. No, you can't, co you cover, can't cover, cover it in a book. Or, or cover everything. You can't cover everything. Yeah. All possible permutations of a, a manifestation. You can't. Yeah. So, But I think if we can systemize it, that'll get the conversation going, get us moving in the right direction at a very, very basic level, and then let the enthusiasm of the market and people, it, that adds momentum. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, then you get a lot of people doing work along those lines and you start sharing information and then right. that grows. Sharing. The key, yeah, the key thing is to, to, to move the needle. Just move it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Micro progression. Man, two, yeah. two degrees now in 10 years right, big. is huge. It adds up. So that's, that's where we're at. And you know what, man? I mean, we train hard, but the question is, um, do we have to train as hard as we've been training? You know, and we we've been taking steroids to so we can handle the abuse that we're putting on our bodies. So I've stepped I've stepped back and I go, all right, hey, steroids work. I get it. I get it. I I, I understand. 
I understand how testosterone works and growth hormone and all that. I got it. But what if, what if, what if we trained hard enough to get the ability, but not so hard with all this junk mileage and junk stuff that we're doing, where we don't even give the body time to recover? Just, uh, just oh, yeah. what if we did that? Oh, yeah. And I'm starting to find out with all of our reduced volume training, including my fighters, which we barely spar anymore, okay? Um, and our marathon runners. Our marathon runners are running 26 miles a week, a week, and PRing. Wow. PRing. We just got a guy who ran his first marathon in four, four hours, trained four weeks, didn't run any more than 17 miles. It's one of our, one of our staff members. He goes, it's first and last time. But he just wanted to see if the program would work. It works. Yeah, I mean, I know we're uh, transitioning. It is intertwined. We're transitioning. But I had someone on the show, Coach, a couple weeks ago. Do you know George Carvajal? Well, George Carvajal, he's The big. name sounds familiar. I'm Boxer? Sure. No, he's a performance coach. He's a great coach, great person. But the whole show was about deloading, downloading, and just regressing and making sure that people are you know then you know we say they're not overtrained they're under recovered i mean i got a guy i'm working with this week i said this is going to be a download week for us i said what's that he said what's that i said we've been doing that for years i just don't give it a name i don't tell him because he's going to think he's getting a demotion so what i do is i just reduce the uh, sets reps weight exercises and let his body actively recover i think that people don't understand what the reason I brought up George Carvajal is because he said he trains uh, tactical, special forces guys, uh, athletes. And when someone gives you the cue and a client gives you the cue, coach, I don't like sitting down. I don't like relaxing. Isn't that the first sign that there's a bigger problem? And yes. I'm not talking about trying to change a personality. I'm telling putting you into the parasympathetic state so you can actually relax. When someone can't do that at all and turn it off, what does that tell us? You, you know, maybe maybe they're educated. Maybe that comes from a fear of deconditioning because they've been educated that if they're not hurting, they're not getting in shape. For sure. Okay, so the first thing we got to come back and say, do you want to be able to train really hard or do you want to run the fastest race you've ever ran? You gotta let me know what it is. Cause if it's trained really hard, I'm gonna pound the living shit out of you and you're gonna be really happy. If that's what's gonna make you happy or do you want to PR in this next race? What do you want to do? They'll they, say PR. Or, or they say, I wanna be successful and I go, I always stop and coach and say, when you said PR to your point, I say, they wanna be successful, I say, well, you tell me what your definition of success exactly. is. In what? Right. In what? Yeah. You want to be successful in business? Right. Or you want to be successful? What is successful? To, oh, 6% body fat? Yeah, 6% right. body fat? Okay. Then then we're not, we're, we're talking nutrition here. Why are we running marathons? <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Or right. or why are you crushing yourself on the Versa Climber? Bodybuilders get down to like nothing. None of them are crushing the Versa Climber. No, no. Yeah, and people feel like if they don't get annihilated in a training session it wasn't good can you imagine good is equated with getting beat up yes because i know what that's like i, I lived that for 30 well, years i lived it too <laughs> i lived it too so yeah I'm like i didn't i didn't work out for six hours so i can't i can't eat <laughs> dude seriously dude. i'm like i was a combat athlete so it's like the more they hit me the more i like it 
really, bro? Really? Yeah. Listen to that. Yeah. Seriously? I wouldn't say that out loud. No, I used yeah, to. Yeah. I used to. That was my pride and joy. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, just yeah. to show people that the harder stuff got, the more I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. The more you hit me, the more I, I'm into it. Mm. Let's roll. Yeah. I tell people now we can just skip that conversation and go right <laughs> to the mommy and daddy talking and why we're so psychologically damaged. Exactly. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, we, we get into... I, I try to peel back and try to get them to tell me what they want and then just show them very clearly. And it's usually an easy thing once you get them to say the words because they'll get there mm-hmm. unless they're crazy. And then then if they're crazy, okay, we're dealing with crazy people. This is not about nothing. This is about self-punishment. Hey, right. if, that's, if that's what you're paying for. At least we know. Then we yeah. know. Yeah. Then we know, all right. And I like them to know. Yeah. But yeah. that's the key. Yeah. Once you're aware of what you're doing, if you still want to do it, then I'm not going to judge you, bro. That's right. your that's your decision. Yeah. When you're sick, have an upper uh, respiratory infection, mm-hmm. when you have shin splints, stress fractions, I don't want to hear it. Right. I don't want to hear it because that's where we're heading. I'm letting you know that. But right. that's where you dig it, right? That's yeah. where you want it? All right, let's go. Yeah, that's the heat of the moment that they've been yearning for, which is pretty disturbing. Um, so, so we still, I mean, we still train hard and we use the the upper, upper echelons of human suffering to help us as practice of staying in the in in the now in the moment it but it but it's a it's a common practice every spiritual discipline has used it from from meditation to uh, total body uh, suspensions and and on in flag flag uh, flogging and all so every single religious discipline is associated with self-punishment mm. and self-inflicted pain. And how do, you, how do you know the difference between an advanced yoga class and a beginning yoga class? Because yoga is right. central, find your breath, find your center. That's right. it. That was yoga. Okay, how do you know? Because the positions get more difficult. Right, which has nothing to do with yoga. Is that correct? I don't <laughs> exactly. know if that's correct. I don't want a bunch of yogis. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, my... well, the yogis are going to get on our asses anyways because we mentioned yoga and we <laughs> had to say yoga was freaking awesome and you need it, you know, and everything. I okay. love yoga. That's my shout out to the yogi community. I love yoga. I just uh, uh, I prefer other things before yoga. But yeah, I No, get... I love yoga for you. Right. <laughs> I love yoga for you. Right. If yoga gets you centered and and you're feeling awesome do loving that, it right? loving it i love that yoga exists because you dig it and it makes you whole end of story mm-hmm. you know I, I can discuss any religion with anybody because i'm fascinated by the human will right. and the and the nurturing of the human spirit so i can talk to someone who's of the jewish religion somebody who's of the muslim religion and tell me about your god man tell me about your commandments tell me about the story and i and i dig hearing it right you know, especially if they dig it, because I think I'm I'm digging it because they're digging it because you you could just see this thing come out the light. Yeah, and I love it, and I love it. Uh, does that mean that I go to church? No, I don't go to church. Does that mean that I read the Quran? No, I don't read the Quran. Right. So, Coach, you know, being so experienced and having so many years in this field, what would you say uh, to a young personal trainer strength coach coming up in the field they want to get experience they want the best path what would you suggest i would suggest to not let school get in the way of their education 
Okay. Hey, you want to go to school? You're looking at a guy who's working on his PhD, and I'll, I'll get it. Right. I, I want to get it from me because I like higher learning. I like that whole university thing. And right. I like I like research, but I understand the limitations of it. So I don't let what research the 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 lack thereof or abundance of it dictate how I train. Right. Period. End of story. So get your ticket to the dance. That means get your degree if that's what you want. But get it because it's what you want, not because it's going to make you a better trainer. Get the certification that you want, NSCA, ACSM, NSA, NASM, whatever. Right. And that's your ticket to the dance. Don't keep getting tickets. Right. Okay. Oh, I've got people with 57 pieces of paper and they can't train. You want to know why? Because you've been running from work. You've been running from the process. You've been running from the real work, which is getting out there and getting experience and feeling. Doing it. Doing it. I'm doing it, man. Producing. They've been running away from producing and wasting mommy's and daddy's money, getting another degree and another certification. I've said, stop getting educated already. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I, I know. It's it's funny you say that because, you know, if you hear that that one sentence, like, oh, my God, JC is awful. I can't believe he said that. But what he means, guys, is education is wonderful. He just said he's working on his Ph.D. He loves it. But he's talking about the people that will do anything to manipulate the situation to avoid doing the actual work and implementing <laughs> it and getting out in the field and doing it, right? Like, do it. Like, get out there and you, you have to go do it. Like, you're not going to outsmart work. Even if you're the smartest guy in the room, smartest guy in the world, you're still going to have to do some work. If you work so... I said this literally this morning, Coach. If you put the effort into doing the actual work as you do in trying to avoid the work, to manipulate the situation, to avoid sweating or doing the hard work or grinding it out, you'd be the most successful guy around. But people work so hard to avoid certain things and they put all their power and energy in trying to be smart and outsmarting it. In this whole term, I say it all the time, smarter, not harder. Dude, I get that and I'm just as, I'm for that just as much as the next guy, but there's harder in the smarter, dude. There's always going to be harder in the smarter. It's going to be hard. You can't avoid it. You just can't. No. There's there's work that needs to be done and experience. Right. I mean, how are you going to get the experience? Einstein, don't take it from me. He says, education without experience is just information. Love you it. know? That's a great quote. That's Einstein. That's, That's my favorite dude. He's like Uncle Einstein. Right, right, right. He's very simple. You, if right. you if you read uh, Newton's <laughs> Newton's quotes, you, I don't even understand what the hell he's talking right, about. Right. But Einstein gives it to you in one sentence, right. really easy. You know, if you don't know it, uh, if you can't explain it simply, you just don't know it well enough. I mean, you know. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Boom. It's Got so it. simple, and you walk away going, "Wow, yeah. that was powerful." Yeah, Uncle Einstein, man, he's all he's solid. So so yeah, I mean, I mean. Get your certifications so you can go into any gym and say I'm certified by a major organization. If uh, if college and formal education is, is your bag, by all means do it. But I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, college is not for everybody. It's not for right. everybody. We have geniuses that never finish college. If you look at the Forbes uh, 400, top 400, half of them didn't finish college. Come on, guys. Did Zuckerberg graduate from Harvard? I don't even know. I guarantee. I, I'm. I'm not guaranteeing because yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't graduate. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Some of these geniuses didn't go to college. Okay. Some of these geniuses. So, 
it's not for everybody. You don't have to be shamed in going into college. If you want to do it, if you're able to do it, and it's your bag and you love sitting in a classroom and learning in that whole environment, which I do, I actually like the environment, that's why I'm getting my PhD. But not because it's going to make me a better trainer. I didn't get my master's so it could make me a better trainer. I got my master's so in case I wanted to teach in college, I could be an adjunct professor, which I have been, I still do, and you know, it's, it's wonderful. I like that vibe. I like the being in, in a university. But if that's not your gig, like my son Rio, my son Rio did not want to go to college. And my son Rio is one of the best trainers I've got. Really? And he can't spell. Oh, that's your son downstairs yeah, that you He can't spent. spell biomechanics. <gasps> you know, but boy, you give him a set of gloves, he will, he will charm the pants off of anybody, burn four or 500 ca- calories in about half an hour. Right. And they love him. Right. If I give him a program, he can do uh, bad backs. He can do lumbar rehabilitation. I've got him doing very, very delicate cases. Wow. And of course, when it comes to uh, training boxers, he's trained Luis Arias to five fights. He's trained uh, Miguel Cruz to two fights. So wow. you can train anybody. But um, what I'm saying is you can be very good at a trade without getting a formal education. Right. But if you do, I'm all for it. Right. 100%. Um. What were you, what, Coach, what's the most important attribute that any coach, in your opinion, should have? I think it's, I think it's just not coach. It's a humanitarian quality. You've got to be able to, you've got to be, in, you've got to be constantly in a state of service. Yeah, we talked about that, state of service. We're in the service industry, right? But you live on this planet to serve. Even if you're not in this industry. No, 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 even if you're not. Because at the end of the day, you are. Right. You're dealing with people. And how are you gonna transcend if you don't serve? Right. Remember, transcending is outside of your chosen career, outside of your sphere of comfort. What did you do with your good gifts? What did you do with, with the work that you did? You know? Did you help somebody? Did you did you make a difference beyond the gym? I think people get so caught up in getting, you know, rising to the top, being quote unquote the best, being special, being the the one, being the trainer, um, getting credit for every single thing that goes around. They forget that. Why are you doing this? Like, why? Why is it so important to you? With me, dude, I'm I'm telling you. The most, the people closest in my life, I'm telling you, no one even sees them on social media. The people that I have impacted in the most positive way, I don't even tell those stories because they're so close to my heart and I feel so damn good about them. Like, it's almost for me. You know, I want to keep it safe. I want to keep it close to my heart. I I just think we have to reevaluate why we do things. What's the root and what's what's the intention? And are you or are you not expecting something in return? Because if you're expecting something in return and you make it clear and defined, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I'd be very careful of doing things with the wrong intentions. If that, if I could say that, I hate using the word wrong because there's no wrong. It's just for, I don't know, well, challenged intentions maybe. You could do the same thing with two different intentions do the same thing with two different intentions and have two different outcomes you know so i think intention is everything you know so it's it's 
intention is fundamental to taking back your culture. Okay. Okay. If you want, you know, if everybody says my children, when, when they were going through the whole Parkland thing, my children took the Parkland uh, situation very, very, very seriously, especially my oldest daughter. I mean, she broke down and everything. Oh, terrible situation. And I, I said, baby, don't allow the media and don't, don't allow the, you know, the, the, the big people at the top because all of this is orchestrated. Now, I'm not saying Parkland was orchestrated, but the way they feed it to you, they put, the way they put everybody in terror mode, the way they put everybody in fear mode, the way they put everybody against each other, it's done very, 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 very on purpose. I said, you got to own your culture. And the, the best thing that I can tell you to combat the 24-hour media, the, the BS that goes on in there, because you got to understand who owns the media stations. And if you don't cover the news the way the tops in the media stations say you cover it, you're fired. So right off the bat, you can see who's pulling some of the strings. And people are pulling those people's strings, too. But anyways, I go, think beautiful thoughts. Say beautiful words. Do beautiful deeds. Create art and share it with the world. Nice. If, if you do that, nobody will ever be able to own you. Nobody will be able to toxify Okay, you're being, but that's an everyday thing. And that is the essence of being in service. Think good thoughts, say good, because sometimes being in service is just saying the right thing. Thank you very much. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much. Manners, nice to see you. Appreciation. Oh my God, respect. manners and respect. <laughs> a lost art these days, right? Oh yeah, we talk about that all the time here. Do good deeds, open a door. Something falls, pick it up, you know? Be we, a human we, being. Yeah, yeah. And then create art. That's very important. Create mm -hmm. something. Write something. Sew something. Cook something. Um, hum something. Sing something. And then share it. Right. Because when you share it, you, you kind of, you, you keep that energy circulating. You're going to impact somebody. Awesome. And that is just very simple. That, those words are going up on IHP. Right. Because it's really the way to live. So any young coach, okay, when you're a personal trainer, it's very important, very important that you check yourself first. Check yourself. And, and, and when, you, when you check yourself, you run that, that inventory, is this a good thought? Okay, did I say good words? Did I do something good? Did I create something? Maybe a program. Did I share it? Yeah, with my clients, shared it with a fellow colleague, you know? Okay, did I share it? And when, and when you constantly just get into that habit, dude, you're going to say some dumbass shit. You're going to hurt people. And you're, you're, you're going to feel bad oh, sometimes. Yeah. But you know what? Say you're sorry. You hug somebody. And then it starts over again. You're thinking beautiful thoughts. You're right. saying beautiful words. You don't do good deeds. Yeah. Creating art. Share it with the world. Nice. As we say, you got to pick up the piece of paper, man. I think Andy shared that with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have those analogies in my life. I've been doing that for a long time. People think I'm nuts, but picking up the piece of paper, man, you could write a book on that. I mean, I think it's, you know, my staff thinks I'm crazy because I pick up lint off the floor. I pick up papers. But the whole point is, I mean, it's not, has it doesn't have anything to do with the paper or the lint. It has to do with how you live your life. The way you do one thing is the way you do all. If you care, I firmly believe you care about that piece of paper, you care about people. You and care about everything. Exactly. Like it, it matters. Things matter to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. So. Yeah. But everybody thinks that, oh, nobody's here. I'm in a hurry. No one's watching. Yeah. Nobody, you know, uh, uh, I'll pick yeah. it up later. I go, yeah. later? 
that's the program that you could have written today that you didn't. That's not that's showing up late for work. That's not ironing your uniform. All right. That's not calling your mom and saying, "Hey, I'm mom, I'm home." Yeah, it's, it, it's, that's that's it, everything. It affects everything. Every, everything. Right. So I, I said, don't even think that that's just that piece of paper. You want a good life? Pick up the piece of paper. <laughs> that's a great, great quote. We're gonna send that one to you, <laughs> uh, Coach. I feel like we've been talking for five minutes because we've been talking for an hour and a half, and it's been so amazing. Thank you. Um, and I know we could talk for maybe three more hours. What I'd like to do is. Uh, Wrap the way usually wrap the way we usually wrap the show on the Magna Method, which is a speed round of questions. And then, if with your permission, I'd like to have you on again, and maybe up at your place. Anytime, bro. That'd be amazing. Anytime that I have a chance to share and and vocalize, it helps me because it helps me put yeah. thoughts into words. Because you ask me questions and no, notice that I just don't jump on the answers. Yeah. A lot of times, I'm going, "Damn, yeah, that's a good question. I haven't thought of that." I like I like you actually processing or any person processing before they answer the question. Sometimes I think we're just regurgitating information or just saying things that sound great and aren't genuine. Or or, or the things you're used to. Right. Maybe you think they're genuine. They're as genuine right. as they come, but right. you just never saw it from a different perspective, never paused. You never paused. Paused. You know, and and said, God. You know, I, I think I, I know the answer, but is that the answer that I want to give knowing what I know now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Awesome. Awesome. So, Coach, these questions are just to have the audience get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, if you want to answer them, great. If you don't want to answer them, I'll move on to the next one. But just a little bit of insight to who uh, Coach JC is. Um, what is your favorite ritual? My favorite ritual is morning coffee. Nice. Peaceful. Morning coffee. Yeah. I sit at the couch, the end of the couch, and I can see a little bit of the lake that that I live on. And I have my coffee, and it's quiet, and I can start my day nice and easy. I'm not a 4 o'clock guy. I like to wake up between 7.30 and 8.30. You know, I don't sleep as good as I should. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to work on that because mm-hmm. I know I know that that not sleeping sound is other things. Oh yeah, and it's not that I don't love my life. It's not, and I'm looking deep and deep and deep. What is it? What is it that keeps me so busy thinking about things that I don't even know I'm thinking about? So right. I'm off a, a sleep medication. I was on trazodone, 50 milligrams for 10 years. Wow. So I gave that up about six years ago. Wow. Yeah, man. I couldn't even sleep. They put me on lithium and lamigdal combination. Talking about, you know, wow. strip, you know, jacket type of material. Okay. Whew. Anti-seizure stuff. And I couldn't sleep. So I just threw it all away. So Good now medication free. Nice. So nice. morning coffee is my my celebration of having my body back being at the age that i'm at is where i get to evaluate what i want to do for the day where i'm at in my career how old are you now coach i'm 58 i'll be uh, 59 in june 58 so you know it's where i give it's my moment of gratitude in the morning just so that morning ritual coffee means a lot to me cool second favorite would be my bike rides 
bike rides. That's my church. How long do you go on a bike ride for? Roughly? Anywhere between 30 minutes and two hours. Nice. Depending on how much time I have, the date. And you might have to get, uh, you're like maybe the fifth or sixth person that told me how magical bike rides can be. I might have to get into that. Oh, man. And I don't even do music. I don't even do music. And I, oh. that's when I talk to everybody I need to talk to. Not, oh, wow. on, the, not on the phone either. Oh, out loud. Interesting. Yeah, so if I'm upset at somebody, that's where I can express my grief so I don't have to call them and ball them out. Nice. And if I love somebody, that's where I say it. But normally... I'll get home and I'll call them. Okay. Full circle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last book read or favorite book? Last book read was The Death of Expertise. Highly recommended. Really? Yes. Do you know the author? No. I'll find it. I'll find it. Not right off the bat. I have it in my, in my uh, as a matter of fact, I have some quotes and stuff that I have on my phone. Okay. That it's amazing. But that book, uh, that the... Uh, uh, the Death of Expertise talks about how society is appeasing people who don't know anything and leveling the playing field, but they're leveling it in the wrong direction. They're giving students so much control over teachers. It's like, wait a minute, who's teaching here? Right. You know? And um, uh, we're, we're all wrapped up in feelings to the point where feelings are more important than facts. Mm-hmm. So if you have a feeling that the sky is red with green stripes on it, then, you know, then we all have to bow down to your feelings and accept that the sky may be that. You know what? It's not that. Sorry, buddy. And you're you're right. You have the right to your feelings. But when your feelings don't add up to facts, we have a place for you. It's called an insane asylum. Oh, yeah. But people don't want to hear that nowadays because everybody's feelings you know and it talks about it talks about a lot of that okay the death of expertise is by tom nichols yes it's awesome okay uh next your favorite book of all time do you have one i have a couple i don't know which one is best but uh for example codependent no more I've heard is, of that. Is my last. It's a republishing okay. by uh, by Beatty, uh, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I read it about two, three years ago. Read it about four or five times, and it's me, codependent, wow. taught by the best codependent on the planet. Wow. My lovely mom, who is the most wonderful person I've ever met in my life, but you know you can recognize the mechanism that doesn't demean anybody. Mm-hmm. But you can recognize the mechanism that oftentimes is shrouded in benevolence because these people come across as helpers and very benevolent people, compassionate people. But if you look underlying uh, and then, ooh, oh, oh yeah. my goodness, you go, oh. And we all look, you know, because my family's pretty wonderful family wonderful people very tight but we're all crazies you know Mm -hmm. all of us have had multiple marriages (laughs) stuff like that my mom's and my dad been married for 67 years but all the offsprings you know we've been wrecking balls but we're cool people man but nice people but we've been wrecking balls you know and and we all look at each other's like how come we're all wrecking balls i go how can we not yeah we were trained by the best in this world that doesn't live according to the rules that my parents live. 
So when you have those mechanisms living under different rules, wrecking ball is what you get. So we're perfect. Why? Because we did exactly what we were trained to do. Exactly. So everybody's deprogramming some of that stuff because what worked in the 1950s and 60s doesn't work now. It's just a different culture. So true. So So true. Uh, So yeah, that one, uh, War Against Boys. War against boys. That's a that's a heavy heavy book. What's that about? Um, it, it the feminization of men. Kind of like the mask we live in. No, no. Just did society. you see? Did you see the mask we live in? The no, documentary. No. You like that? Oh, really? It sounds of like a similar message. It's kind of meaning, um, you know, maybe baby boomers are and people were taught even after that, men don't be emotional, don't cry. Don't be weak. Don't show your emotions. Uh, you can't be soft. You got to be tough. You got to tough things out, and you're not allowed to feel. War against boys is is, is different. Okay. It's um, and uh, and why gender matters. Okay, and it talks about the culture. How in trying to help women, you know, uh, get more uh, liberties and more opportunities and all that, which I'm all for. I'm all for we have overshot and gone beyond help. Now we don't want to offer opportunities. Now we want to offer biases. So for example, um, men are forced to act less than to be able to level the playing field in certain areas. And girls are forced to do things that women normally don't do in order to level the playing field. When in actuality, if you really look at it, you know, I believe in, in opportunities for all men, women. I believe in equal pay, men, women, but equal pay for equal work mm-hmm. in the truest sense of the word, not disguised. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're doing accounting, equal pay. Right. But when you're a soldier and you're grabbing a gun, and you're going to the front lines. OK, whoever's there has to carry that 80 pound ruck. Mm-hmm. Whoever's there has to be on 24 mm-hmm. seven and has to be able to manhandle a 200 pound man right if if cyborg goes to the front lines and she can beat the living daylights out of most 200 pound men then give her a gun and i'm all for having cyborg me you know uh, take care of my six. Oh yeah but if i'm gonna have Susie q that weighs 120 pounds okay she has a bad period every month all right and uh you know at at 10 miles she gets tired because 80 pounds she only weighs 125 i have a problem with that I have a problem with that. And I know I'm going to catch some shit, but you know what? No, I'm no, have a, no, I have a no, that's that. fine. That's fine. I mean, I appreciate your opinion. I appreciate you know, it. I'm not. For that. Right. For that. Right. I work with law enforcement officers. There's a lot of great women that can, and I know some of them because I trained with some right. of them. They, hey, they will man up on you. I've seen them and I will have that woman um, take care of my six all day, every day. But there's some cases that we have looked at in our fire department where because of situations the the right actions were not taken and i either out of fear or differential in size in the male uh a police officer has been has been hurt it's interesting so, so, so interesting. I'm, bottom line is i'm i'm good with equal pay mm-hmm. equal work we treat them the same the only problem is we're not the same right psychologically our brains are made different 
Our bodies are obviously morphologically different. And although you do have extremes where you have bigger, some women that are, that are so strong and so big that can actually beat some men's asses, because we have those exceptions at the outside of the 3% tiles, you cannot legislate 80 and 90% of the masses. Right. That way. So those okay. are the only things that I just want people to, to understand that that's where I'm coming from. Uh, having my mom be my favorite person in the whole wide world, having two daughters, a sister, and utmost respect for women and love right. for, for the feminine energy. You know, right. it's beautiful. Of course. But uh, the, those books, uh, you know. Check them out. We'll, we'll surprise you. We'll have them in the show notes. Um, we did that. I'm sorry. Favorite food? I love salads, man. Salads? Yeah. Nice. Arugula, spinach, kale? All, all greens. All, all greens. Cucumbers, carrots, everything. Everything. Broccoli, cauliflower, everything. And then I, I love that. And then I love Cuban food. I love rice, beans. Okay. I'm not a meat guy. I'm not a flesh okay. guy. Okay. Any kind of flesh, I'm like, I can take it or leave it. Okay. But boy, starches, whew, I'm all up in that. Favorite favorite type of music? Being a percussionist, you know, Santana. He's awesome. Because that's the only time you can combine rock and roll rhythm and blues yeah. and salsa. Yeah. So if you have one artist, he's serious. Hands down, hands he's down, serious. Santana. But I love, I love salsa. Uh, I love um, fast moving jazz, real music, man. I, I, right, I'm sorry, right. but I'm not up with this. Okay, I'm not up with this uh, with this new culture of music. And that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. I kind of like the beats, but when you start talking about women being hoes and violence, you say no. Nah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. that. I'm heading in the other direction. Understood. Favorite quote. So many good ones out there. Yeah. You said a couple of great Yeah, I mean, you know, Stephen Covey, man. That's that's the dude right there for me, man. Live, love, learn, leave a legacy. That there's it's not even a quote, but it, it is a quote because that's that's how you live your eulogy. Oh yeah. Live, love, learn, leave a legacy. That's live, our that's our love, thing. Live, learn, leave a legacy. That's powerful. <laughs> really. Uh your mentor. I have different mentors in different areas of my life. Mm -hmm. In my life, mm -hmm. life, life, my mom. Nice. And female mom. I hear my, that a lot, by the way. My mom and my dad. Love my it. dad was is my male prototype, my male hero. Right. And with all his flaws. But personality-wise, I'm more like my mom. So in terms of how we look at life, my mom and I... Uh, are closer in that regard how we drive through life that's I'm, I'm my old man so right. those guys then I have in, in our in our industry uh, mentors would be early on Gary Gray nice you know the father of modern functional training and uh, that those are and and my mentor coming up was my wrestling coach Andy Siegel which I haven't seen in 30 years and I'm trying to track him down and you know, I, I put him in every book, so he knows how much he means to me. So I, I want to see him as of I right. want to see him again, right? And just to to That's bring cool. it full circle, That's you know, cool. to thank him. 
Okay, last question. If you could have one word or phrase to share with the world, and you want everyone to hear this message, phrase, or one word, what would it be? This is a tough one. You know, it's corny, but it's love. You know, I'm thinking compassion. I'm thinking forgiveness. But if you love, you have all of that. Right. So love, love would be it, man. Love. Well, Coach, I mean, I can't thank you enough. You came down here uh, to speak with me. You gave me all your time. You gave me almost two hours of your time. You know, I, I, I remember you coming up and uh, I've heard nothing but the most positive things about you and your work and the circle you travel in. Thank you very much for making time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, man. Thank it's you always a very much a great opportunity to share time with with somebody that's like minded, and even on things that are not like minded that are willing to explore. You know, so for it's sure. always it's always enlightening. It's great for me. For Thank sure. you very much for for this. It's a, it's a it's a great benefit for me as well. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. I will leave everyone, our listeners, with that in. Coach, I wish you nothing but the most positive pathway in the future in all your endeavors. Thank you. Thank you very much.